0: Well, the harvest may be done, at least as far as you're concerned, but there's always something that can be done. It's time to chat about how your soybean checkoff dollars are working on research, education, and promotion right here in the state of Wisconsin, as well as beyond our borders. Always want to refer you to their website, badgerbean.com. And, of course, Dr. Sean Conley's website, that's coolbean.info. He's in studio with us again today. Uh, You know, we always say it, a farmer's work is never done, and it really doesn't matter what you're growing, your work is never done. Although a lot of the harvest in the state of Wisconsin might be wrapped up, Sean, uh, today we want to talk about something that can be done literally until the ground gets so froze you can't uh, do anything with it. Uh, The soybean cyst nematode program is back again this year. A simple soil sample can provide you just a wealth of information.
1: Yeah, that's right, Pam. One of the great resources that Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board provides is that any grower can sit up, submit up to four free samples for testing for the soybean cyst nematode, which is one of the most devastating pests in, in the nation in regards to soybean production. And one of the cool additional things that the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board has added in the past is that you get another test for all other plant parasitic nematodes. And these would be primarily those focused on um, that would nibble on your corn roots. So again, it gives you both the soybean cyst nematode, depends on when you pull it, but also um, like root lesion nematodes and others that may infect corn. Because if you look at our percentages, roughly 10 to 20%, depending on where you are within the state of Wisconsin, is high to moderately high risk of yield loss from corn nematodes. So that information is critical, specifically when we're really trying to pinch pennies and knowing when we want to put a nematicide on our corn uh, seed or, or when we don't really need to because the populations aren't there.
0: Well, and that's just it. Remember, this is not something that you can select uh, resistance on via a bag. It's always something else that's going to cost you extra if you have to fight it. Now, I've I've gone through this on my farm, uh, pulled the sample. It really is just that simple. Just pull a soil sample, and you should be probably doing that anyhow.
1: Right, and usually what we encourage farmers to do is when they're in those cycles— you know, depending if they're every three years or every four years pulling for soil testing for nutrient levels, just pull in a little extra sample along and while you're out there and submit those in for uh, soybean cyst nematode sampling and other nematodes too. And again, I know given the production we saw, this was an up year on both corn and soybeans for many growers. We know that we probably also took a, a little bit more nutrients off than maybe we were betting on. So again, it's a really good idea to get out there at least – know what that soil test level is, because you really don't want to starve that soybean crop off, specifically on the on the K side, because we know there's many interactions with potassium with not just soybean diseases, but also with the soybean aphid.
0: Now, in light of COVID-19, are the labs, is your lab still working pretty regularly, or am I going to experience a bit of a delay on
1: getting those results back? At, at this point, again, there may be a, a slight delay, but if we're Pulling them this fall, there'll be plenty of time with either the UW lab or any of the private labs that are out there to get these samples done and taken in time in order to get those recommendations based for next spring application timings.
0: Now, where do you have uh, the information on how and where I submit that sample, Sean, how I can make sure that I'm capitalizing on that gift from the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board?
1: So there's this amazing website, Pam, called uh, www.coolbean.info. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but all of that information is right there, uh, right on the front page. Just scroll down, click on it, and it gives you all the information that you need to be able to you know, go ahead and order these soil, these, uh, soil sampling kits, and we'll send them right to your house, and you can ship them right to the lab.
0: Do we have uh, any running tally? I mean, I, I know that... Again, I like catching him off guard just to watch him squirm, but are we using some of this data? Are we getting any kind of trends as far as uh, soybean cyst nematode or anything for that matter?
1: Wisconsin is blessed in that we have such a diverse crop rotation that we're not like an I-state where 70, 80, 90, 100% of the fields are infested. We're usually running in that 20% of fields. Um, Again, those fields that are more sandier soils typically have higher SCN those fields where you've had, you know, you've seen sudden death syndrome pop up and get really bad the last few years, I would focus my efforts in those fields because there's a relationship between SDS and SCN, and SDS again is Sun death syndrome and soybean cyst nematode. That you can have each one in a field by themselves, but when they come together, the uh, the infection and the the disease and the yield loss is much greater when they when those two pathogens are together in the same field.
0: Okay, now you've piqued my interest as usual. So if I've already tested for SCN, how often should I retest on those same
1: fields? Typically, what we encourage growers to do is on a simpler cycle that you would be doing for soil fertility levels. You know, every four to five years. Uh, I would base it on your rotation. You know, are you having other equipment come in? Is it just your equipment? Are you renting new fields where you might be moving soil around? Those are the situations. And many farmers have a really good history of what their yield levels are in a given soybean field. And if you see a field starting to plateau, if not drop, when, you know, the neighbors are all doing well, that's a pretty good sign right there to go out there and just sample that field first.
0: All right, Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist in studio with us. Again, if you're pulling soil samples or if your ground's not uh, froze up already, why not pull an extra sample and send it in courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and find out what your nematode population or situation is. You're getting ready to wrap her for the year. You're about ready. You just want to walk away. But you're also extremely cautious to be careful with that equipment, clean it all out, because uh, moving weed seeds... It doesn't matter if there's snow on the ground or not, those dirty rascals will come right along with you. Yeah,
1: that's good. I mean, we've seen some work done with the, by a Rodrigo Wurley, our extension weed scientist, just showing all the places where this weed seed can hang up. Specifically, some of these smaller weed seeds, like water hemp, is more likely than not glyphosate resistant. It can hang up in a lot of places in your combine. So just go through there and make sure you do a very diligent job because if you're going to go out next spring, or excuse me, next summer harvest some winter wheat or go out and get that combine out. You'll just be spreading last year's wheat seed into this year's fields. And again, you don't want to be initiating or starting a new problem where a good thorough cleaning can alleviate a lot of headaches down the road.
0: Now, is there any, any place in particular on that rig that I might otherwise overlook? I mean, I think we think of common spots you know, that are right there at eye level are pretty easy to get at. Are there any pockets where, and even, you know, I switched heads. I dropped the bean head, put the corn head on, but that bean head sitting
1: over there. I mean, just remembering everything that could have touched that weed seed. Yeah, there's a lot of places actually in, in a combine that they can kind of hang up in. Uh, some of the housings were... Are a critical point that we you know you usually don't want to take all all that safety equipment and get in there. Those are good places. You know, obviously we have some of the areas um, where the rocks hang up in. That's another good area where some weed seeds hang out. And you know, they're like you said, Pam. They're rascally little devils, and they can find little niches and and go through. But you know, spending a good hour, hour or or if your child was was naughty and giving him something to do, they go out and have them spend three hours cleaning the combine is a good idea. That's what my grandfather would have done to me back in the day.
0: Back in the day. Back in the day. Well, seriously though, folks, although we may make light of that, uh, trying to make sure that you're mitigating any issues of moving that weed seed around from one field to another, from one farm to the next, uh, that is what we are learning has been far too often the case when it comes to something like uh, water hemp. Like we said, a nasty problem that now is continuing to. Grow Grow as far as populations in the state, something you may end up hearing us talk about next spring. Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist, in studio with us. It's all brought to you courtesy of your soybean checkoff dollars. Remember, the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board has all their information online at badgerbean.com. Remember, Dr. Conley not only talking about soybean cyst nematode testing information available free of charge for you soybean growers on his website, coolbean.info, but also a great place to kind of keep up to date on the winter conversations that are being scheduled to focus in on the growing season of 2020 and where we're headed in 2021. That's what it's all about, keeping you connected with your soybean checkoff dollars, research, promotion, and education.